You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1800 060-896-or-visit.com.au. Yes, we'll be back here at the Magic Median Sales Complex to do it all again tomorrow. And one of our guests is David Eustace, who, of course, is making his way over to Hong Kong over the coming months for the new season. So splitting from Kieran Maher, David Eustace. Chris Barsby is with us. How are you, Chris? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. And all the replays from last weekend. But there's a horse that was impressive whilst you were away that set new figures there at Penrith. Uh, he's a shadow player. Did he go around last weekend? Uh, yes, he did. I think he set a new track record in, in winning there at Penrith. Really? He's He's been around. Uh, he's been around for quite some time. He's raced here in Queensland. Uh, he's a bit of a journeyman, but uh, he produced big figures when winning there at Penrith last week. Yeah, he's had a heap of starts. In fact, over 80 starts, Chris, he's a shadow player. He's by shadow play. Well, Shadow plays the same sire as Bulldog Hanover, who's one of the fastest horses of all time in harness racing. So he can drop one, Shadow play. As I said, he's been in a few different homes along the way. He's had plenty of racing, but he was super impressive there last week. Who have you got lined up this morning? Chris, who can expect to hear this morning on Mobile Rolling? Well, I'm very keen to chat with Doug Hewitt. Doug is the son of Bernie and Kath Hewitt. It's a very famous family in Bathurst, but he's about to relocate from the foreman for his dad for a number of years now, and he's going to base himself here in Queensland. And I think he arrived only earlier this week. Uh, I think it was Tuesday. So he's probably unpacking boxes as we speak. So he's going to be our main guest this morning. I want to touch base with Ian Gurney as well. Lanyai, who backs up on Saturday, going for four in a row. And Dean Sanofskis, who's based at Gunning in the southern tablelands of New South Wales. He's here on his annual, uh, on his annual pilgrimage. And he's got a couple of runners over the next couple of days. So I'm keen to chat with all those guys. And we'll get the news from Matty Young mm. over in the West as well. I'll let you go, Chris, but I was surprised that uh, Doug talked to you because I, I found my moving experience about a decade ago something very traumatic and I never want to do it again. So I'll, I'll hand it over. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve. So, yeah, Doug Hewitt is about to join us and I'm probably doing him a favour here. He can probably take five and just uh, sit down, catch his breath and not have to worry about going through so many boxes and I'm sure they're really just now. Doug, appreciate the time. Yeah, good on you, Chris. Like you said, you're doing me a favour, so all than happy to sit down in a bit of air conditioning and uh, have a chat. It's not fun moving, is it? No, it is. One of the worst jobs in Australia. I, I'm, I've done a fair bit of it, but usually I'd sell most of my stuff and just buy when I was having a young daughter and uh, we had a four-bedroom house back home. There's uh, a lot of stuff we fitted in the truck and float to get up here and um, it's in the house at the minute, but it's just all about unpacking it now, so going to be a fair, fair session. All right. Well, let's go through this big move that you've made. So you're breaking your family establishment. Like I said, you've been the right-hand man for your dad, Burn, for the last couple of years now. You've decided to relocate. Queensland is your new home. This is a decision that you and your wife, Casey, wouldn't have taken lightly. No, definitely. It was always something we spoke about, Case being from up this way, and she used to do it home, and pretty much her second family there. So, um... It's been sort of relying on me a little bit of the last sort of year or so. We, we spoke about it and um, it's just, it was always pretty hard. Like I was driving horses of the likes of Rip and a um, couple of nice horses. Always, it always made it pretty hard, but it comes a time. And I think having our little daughter and um, just trying to spend a little bit more time with her and do things for us for once and um, 
yeah, just come a time that we said, I think now, now's the time and Queensland's the place. So here we are. Okay. So you mulled it over time. Let me ask this question. When you decided to sort of broach the subject with mum and dad, how did you go about that and what was their reaction? No, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty tough conversation, really. Like, um, they, they completely understood. They'd done it from um, nan and granddad back in the day. They had to sit down and have the chat there. And it, it's just one of those things. As you get older, you, there's always going to be a time that you're going to have to go out and have a bit of a crack for yourself. So once I sort of put it all out on the table, um, it, it was hard, but uh, they understood in the end, Chris. Yeah. Your dad works one of the biggest area, probably around 40 to 50 horses. So you've been so busy for so long. You're going to be busy here in Queensland, no doubt, especially early because you're getting everything set up the way you want it to be set up. But it's sort of, you know, mind-boggling to think how much work that you've put in down there because you've got to cover some miles down there. That was sort of one of the hardest things. Um, if it was like up here, it probably wouldn't have been as bad. And there's a couple of meetings you probably could have skipped here and there. But um, I was on the road pretty much three to four nights a week, going to the likes of um, Penrith every now and then, and then Menangle Saturday night. So you got Bathurst, which was 15 minutes away, and then the next closest track after that's about two to two and a half hours. And then if you're going to Menangle on a Saturday night, that's about, oh, we allow three and a half hours. So. Sometimes you're not getting home to sort of two o'clock. Um, there's still 40 to 50 horses you've got to get up and feed the next morning. So it was always pretty hard, and I think that was one of the deciding factors. So here we are. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's taxing, isn't it? Uh, on the mind and body, you know, you're going through all that work and then you've got all that traffic. It's got to take a toll after a while. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, it's sort of help burn out a fair bit me being able to do all that sort of traveling for him he sort of mainly just done Bathurst and then every now and then he might go to a Menangle meeting or such and then um, I'll usually do most of the country meetings in the end I was doing most of the Menangle meetings as well so it, it takes a fair toll and then as I said trying to raise a young daughter and trying to give Case as much help as I could um, with staying awake um, it, it's just one of those things that is coming down to the fact that I wasn't spending enough time. That's part of the reason we've moved up here. We're hoping that we can concentrate on building a team for ourselves and then um, making a bit of a family go of it as well. Yeah, fair enough. Close to 300 wins as a driver. You've won two Group 1s and I'm sure he's your all-time favourite in Rip. Was that difficult to sort of walk away from Rip? Because you're essentially handing the, the reins back to Dad, aren't you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. He's yeah, a horse that's given me such highs and there's been a few lows. You, he's had his fair share of injuries and stuff like that. It was just heartbreaking at the time. And um, But that horse has sort of been one of the main horses that set me up in my career and I'm forever going to have a soft spot for him. Um, but, yeah, to walk away, like, you always know he's in, in good hands there with Bernard. He drives the likes of Jewel Melody and all those big races and rips usually at the same meeting, so... I, I never really liked giving the drive up on him, so I used to follow Burn around to all their meetings, even though that meant both of us being away at the same time, which is a bit funny at times. But um, now, yeah, it's up to Burner, and I'm sure he's going to continue on with him and do a good job. Yeah, no doubt. So where are you in Casey Bays? Was it hard to find a, a place here in Queensland? Was that another 
little um, issue that you sort of had to sort of deal with, just finding the, the, the right place to suit you guys? And where did you end up uh, basing yourself? Yeah, it was. We, we put the field out for a little bit and um, there was a couple options come up and um, we end up, Case got in contact with Sippy um, out at Rain Tree Lodge at, um, out at Plainland and they said that they've got a big farm there and um, Dougie and Bev missing Massam, so they um, had the place there and um, Bev's there at the moment and Sippy sort of manages it. So when we got in contact with him, he got us out here and got Case to have a look at it and it's, it's absolutely beautiful establishment out there. It's a nice big thousand metre track and they've got plenty of yards and a nice big shed area so uh, honestly couldn't have walked into a better place and the way that they've welcomed us in there as well it's it's been unreal. They couldn't do enough for us and um, yeah, we're just hoping that we can do a bit of a job out there and that way I can help look after the place as well. All right. So what's the plan? Uh, how many horses did you bring up? How many are you looking to have there and how's it all going to play out? Yeah, I end up bringing four up straight away. There's probably another couple ready to come up as soon as Transport can bring them. Um, I'm essentially not going to go too big too quick. I've just got to work out the track and work out the new systems and um, I've been in contact with a lot of trainers up this way and they're telling me that you've got to be careful with your hot feed. So I just sort of don't want to go too big. I want to sort all that out. And then in the meantime, I'll be um, throwing my hand up to do a fair few breakers as well. So um, I'll try and get into that market. We do all our breakers back home. So I thought if I can do them and they can pay me away a little bit until I can sort my racehorses out spot on and um, I'll just poke away in that, that sense. Well, the timing couldn't have been better in that regard because the APG sale comes up end of this month, Sunshine Stars sale at Albion Park next month and Reckliff the following month. So there's some good opportunities, hopefully, just around the corner. Well, that that was sort of the plan in the end when we were talking about it back home and then we had to work out a time to get up here and it ended up making everything a bit of a rush. We put the house straight on the market and luckily it sold straight away and it was about packing the house up real quick, getting in the truck and getting up here so we could sort of find our feet a little bit before the sales roll around. But um, I've already had a lot of support from different trainers and um, people all over with uh, throwing the hand up saying that they've got a couple there to break in if I want them. So it's um, still a thing that I've got to manage, but with Casey saying don't be too silly, go too big like, like Bernie's all the time, we're flat out. So you, yeah. Pretty much telling me just to back off a little bit, but to start off with, I'll yeah, I'm more than happy to take any horses or break some in and um, try and find my feet and try and make a go of it up here in Queensland. Yeah, are you surprised that you know a fair few trainers and owners have sort of reached out? And are you overwhelmed by that support that you've got so far? Yeah, definitely. I I honestly wasn't expecting too much. I, I thought it might even take sort of six months to a year to get into a bit of the breakers market as as well as uh, race horses but um the support i've had straight away and a couple of people like uh well my sister's up here Jem, so she's sort of got the word out there a little bit and i've been in contact with benny battle flat out and he's been doing the same thing and um yeah it's got my name out there pretty quick and i've already sort of got a fair few horses ready to come in for breaking and training which is unreal all right, that's great news. Uh, speaking of Ben Battle, he used to work for you guys, didn't he? 
He did. He did back in the day, man, Benny. I, I don't think he ever beat me once in track work, but um, he'll probably <laughs> tell you different. But, no, he, he cut his teeth there at Dern, and um, I was sort of coming and going all the time. I was more concentrated on footy back in the days, and then um, Benny was uh, managing the farm with Burn before he went down to Goulburn and started his run down there before he moved to Queensland. So, no, it's good. Benny's um, been in contact with him flat out. Excellent, excellent. You're not going to know yourself with the lack of travel up here because Marburg's not far from where you guys are. Albion Park about an hour, maybe just over, and Redcliffe much the same. It's going to be vastly different to what you're used to. Oh, definitely, and that's one thing I'm I'm looking forward to. So, um, as we said before, it's just so taxing, and in the end, you you start getting over going to those meetings, and it starts getting a little bit dangerous. You're driving home and. Even from the Dubbo and Parks meetings on a Friday night, you're not getting home to one or two in the morning and then you're up again straight away uh, on the Saturday to get everything done before you head off to Menangle, which is three and a half hours away. So I'm looking forward to being able to get as much work as I can done at the farm and then only an hour down the road to Albion or an hour and a half to Red Redcliffe. So uh, really looking forward to all that. Excellent. So it's all about, uh, you know, quality of life, balance, and it sounds like you've got it here. So tell me this, you're going to be competing against your sister, Gemma, uh, no doubt in time. Do you think there will be a time where uh, Bernie and Kath say, right, we've had enough down here at Bathurst and they could eventually retire up here uh, in Queensland as well? Yeah, I reckon it's more than inevitable. I reckon Bernie, the way he comes up here every winter, he loves it up here and... Um, I think that's the reason he likes staying in Bathurst because he never has to deal with those cold winters. So <laughs> I'll tell you, now, now he might have to have a winter back home. He, it, it could really change his tune. And I'll say that Captain Byrne, in, I, I reckon a not too distant future, but it, I could be wrong. It could be a little bit longer. He's got a fair few clientele down there that he's always kept happy. So, But in the long run, Chris, I reckon he probably will pack up and in the end he'll start just bring up a small team and probably stay up here and just take away with his own horses. Yeah, well, time will tell. And that's the other beauty for you and Casey. You don't have to worry about those cold winters anymore. <sighs> Looking forward to <laughs> them being a thing of the past, that's for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, it's great to have you here. Really looking forward to seeing you in action. Uh, you're going to be doing training, driving, braking as well. So if anyone out there is keen to get a breaker, Doug Hewitt is the man for the job. Hey, Doug, really appreciate the time. We'll see you soon. Nah, thanks for the call, Chris, and thanks for getting it out there. Cheers, mate. Excellent. There's Doug Hewitt joining us. So he's now a Queenslander. He makes the move from Bathurst to Queensland based out there at uh, uh, the old property of uh, the Massam. So uh, not far from Marburg. Speaking of Marburg, not far from Marburg, Ian Gurney. And he's got Lanyai absolutely flying. He's chasing four on the bounce this Saturday night. He joins us now. Ian, good morning. Morning, Christopher. Uh, this guy's going super. You must be really happy with him right now. Yeah, he's uh, he, he seemed to have found another leg. He's, he's um, surprised me actually. The last two, I, I know he goes alright, but the last two really surprised me. Well, last week fifty-one nine, and he was comfortable doing it as well. Yeah, well, when when I first bought him, I bought him off Nathan, and he said um. Just, Give him a couple of runs and turn him out. Give him a nice spell. So I give him. I reckon I would have given him four months off, and he's just come back a different horse. He said he would take a little while. He's pretty mature, immature, sorry. And when he comes back, he said he'll be uh, a real nice horse for you. 
Okay. Well, he's on the money because he just seems to be getting better and better. So three straight, PB performance last week, 51-9. Would I be right in saying the best thing about him, and I think his last three victories prove this, his versatility. He's got gate speed, he can do a little bit of work, and he's lethal coming off cover as well. So is that the key, versatility? Uh, that's what every horse has got ability. If you want dimensional, like a few of my stable are one dimensional, you just got to drive for luck. But when you've got a horse that you can sit in a chair or drive with cover or lead, makes a big difference. Makes a huge difference. Mm. So he comes up with gate two here on Saturday night. Can he go four in a row? There's no reason why he can't. Just a, I probably looks like I might have to chair up, I think, by the looks of it, but that doesn't seem to worry him. And Lana's been driving him really well too. Shanny weighs 49 kilos, so he probably thinks he's pulling nothing. Yeah, I think you're right there. And that's the other thing about this horse, that, that rapport that Alana's got with Lanyard, they just they just work together really well. Oh, yeah. She should have been a jockey. She'd make more money. But, <laughs> but um, Shanny, I think 49 <laughs> kilos, and that's with all the gear on. So, like, they just could pull an empty gig. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So he's going super, but uh, at the end of the day, he's no way of an over, is he? Oh, nowhere near it. But he's, he's got one thing going for him. Chris, his nickname's Larry, too. Oh, there you go. There you go. So That's his nickname. When you said Larry, because um, Philippe Dufresne's nickname's Larry, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's his nickname. No, he ain't no over yeah. and over. He ain't nowhere near him. Okay, now just on over and over. How is the old boy going? He's, he's in the he's in the paddock, just down from me. They get fed every day in the fat. He's in with Mac Alert, his mice's Mac Alert, and having over in the same paddock. Okay, there you go. Good to hear that he's doing well. Your other runner on Saturday night, much better. Is is he frustrating for you, this horse? Oh, he's he's the one that's one dimensional. I was talking about. He's got to yeah. have everything go his way. He's got to. He's actually going good. He just needs that right run. But I think 80% of horses going around these days need that right run. There's not many that can stand out. And all the races are so even. It comes down to the draw and where you can put them in the run and what tempo they run in the race. So you just got to keep going around. Everything happens for you, for them horses mm. to win. Yeah, th this race might set up quite nicely for him, though, on the weekend. Two off the second row. Looks like there's going to be good early pressure, so the harder the better for, for, for your guy much better. Oh, he, he loves when the speed's on, loves it. He just has a little bit of trouble getting that last bend, but he seems to, he seems to um, get it better than he used to. But the faster they go for him, the better he goes. And he's, he's only a midget, but he tries hard. That's what I like about him. I just need a bit of luck, that's all. Okay, well, two good chances there on Saturday night. Just from the trials earlier this week, Alta Sensation won a trial for you. Looked pretty good doing it. And Cardles from Heaven was back in action. Were you happy with his uh, performance? Yeah, they haven't raced for, must be three and a half, four months. And I've had a few foot issues with both of them. And ha hopefully we've come past that and just give uh, Alta Sensation one more trial and I'm nominated... Cardles from heaven next Tuesday in the veterans race. So if I can get him right, if I can get him right, he, he's a real nice horse. That fellow, he's just he's had that many feet, feet issues that he's never been. He hasn't been sound for the last three or four years.
Okay. All right. Well, fingers crossed that you can get a, uh, a sound campaign out of uh, Elder Sensation. Hey, just quickly, you do a lot of work with uh, heavy machinery. You've done a lot of track work as well as far as putting them together. You do all that work at Albion Park. There's a possibility that we could be staying at Albion Park, Norwell, very much up in the air. What's, in your opinion, what's the, the right move for Queensland Harness Racing? Stay at Albion Stay Park up. or push towards Norwell? Albion. Stay okay. at Albion. Stay at Albion. But you're going to spend... What were they thinking of spending down there? 60, 70 million? I think so, yeah. If not more. Well, you can spend half of that, fix Albion Park up, fix up bottom turn. If they fix Albion Park, that bottom turn, Albion, they'd run... They'd run 48, 47 and a half. They had good horses. The mm. bottom turns, they... It's only got half the banking as the home turn. And it's... It, if it had the same banking, they'd just fly around there. Right. Can I ask this question, and you're probably the best person to ask this question, if we decided to flip Albion Park, so have the uh, the, the home straight over in the back straight, how much work would need to be undertaken to, to make it that perfect track? You just have to retain, they'd have to retain the, the bottom turn, the home straight turn, you'd have to just retain it and lift it. That's all you've got to do. Everything else is there. Just, that would take probably just a bit of, a bit of retaining wall, lift the fence. Probably have it all done in two weeks. That. What's it matter? Okay. It's just, the home, the back straight's the same length as the home straight. So, what would it matter? You only got to, you only got to lift that bend. Make sure the campers are the same, and you just fly around there. It'd be the fastest track in Australia. You're faster yeah. than Manangwa, I reckon. Well, the, the, the times are probably going to back that up as well. So uh, the times they run now, they're just phenomenal. So if, if we get some, you know, real um, high-quality work carried out on the track overall um, and just change a few things, it could be a, a world of difference. Huge. And wouldn't cost much at all just to retain that. They were thinking about doing it last time. We had a big meeting with a... There was a few racing Queensland people there. They, they, they nearly went with it, but they ran out of time. So And Tony wanted to get get the track up and going as quick as they could. So they didn't go with it, but it would take very little to do, cost not much money at all, and would be just make that track a phenomenon. And the horses would be getting around the track a lot better than they're getting around it now, and especially the speed they're going now. It's, it's no, no different to a velodrome, is it? But the mm. faster you go, the more banking you need. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside Saturday night. Thanks, Chris. Thanks very much. There's Ian Gurney joining us. So uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, as I said the other day with Steve, um, you know, perfect world. We're, we're probably looking at staying at Albion Park, but what happens with Norwell? A training complex is required. There's no doubt about that. So... It all comes down to funding, so that's going to be the uh, the big discussion point, no question. Hey, Dean Sanofskis is back in town. He's a, a regular here in Queensland. He's come at the right time. Uh, he's come up uh, for a little bit of summer sun. He joins us now. Dean, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. How you going, mate? Really well. It's getting harder and harder to pick when you're coming to Brisbane nowadays. Uh, I'm dictated, dictated to by the uh, family these days, so school holidays this time of year. A um, bit easier to get away, let the kids have a bit of a holiday. Um, pretty hot. The sweat doesn't hurt me, but, um, yeah, the wintertime's getting pretty tough. A lot of horses here where we are. It's probably easy just to sneak up every now and then and when it's not so busy. Understood. So are you down at Tweed where you normally uh, stay? 
Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, we always come here. It's got an old couple that live on course here now and look after the place. So we tell them we're coming and they've got everything ready for us to go and we lob here and away we go. All right. So are you the only one there? Because Johnny Bazzario has gone home. So are you the only one there? It's just me, yeah. John's back up next week. Um, I think he's more of a resident here these days. He goes home for <laughs> holiday and then comes back up. But, yeah, he's back next week and it wouldn't be too long before the other boys start rolling in around April, May, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I was talking to John uh, just before he went home, so it would have been probably around November, uh, late November. I think he was here from March right up until December. So I think you're right. He, he's pretty much a Queenslander, isn't he? Yeah, he loves the lifestyle. He lives like a millionaire, that old fella. He loves it. <laughs> All right. You guys have combined for Group 1 success previously. What about your team at the moment? You've got Murphy's Reward stepping out on Saturday night, goes around in race three, comes up with barrier one. Had its first run last week. Are you happy with Murphy's Reward? Yeah, real happy. Um, I probably underdrove him a bit last week. I knew there was going to be that slow tempo. I probably would have been better off sitting outside him. Um, he, he could have probably done what the winner done. Um, this week, first time I drove him was last week, so knowing the horse and how he settled in, he seems really good. So draw one, he's, he's got pretty good gate speed, so we'll be driving him pretty confident. And if he doesn't win, I think he'll be there somewhere with him. He's going pretty good. All right, so plan to be more aggressive. Just on last week, it was a, a fairly sedate first half. It was just all, all power in the back end last week, wasn't it? Yeah, he's not that sort of horse either. He's a big dopey sort of fellow, so he, he likes to sort of pump up and run a bit and get rolling. And yeah, never really suited him. And even going to the sprint lane, a lot of our horses aren't used to that. So for him to get as close as he did, he sort of didn't really switch on until the last bit. So yeah, I think he'll be a lot better this week. All right. So you're still learning about this guy because previously he was with James Ratro. Yeah, Jimmy trains him, and yeah, I just was getting a bit hard for him to place him around there and. Just something different come up here and um yeah hopefully if his form looks good they'll probably sell him on up here be it's sort of suited to this sort of racing where it's more stronger and a bit more power racing than the real high speed at Menangle. so if he keeps going good and whatnot he uh probably gets sold on up here later on yeah yeah his overall record's quite good so he looks like he's going to do a nice job up here yeah he's a cool old fella too he's easy going big strong old fella and um yeah just he's no dramas at all if you had a stable full of him you'd be laughing all right. Monterey Jack steps out, uh, Monterey Duke, I should say, steps out tomorrow at Albion Park. Uh, got the job done last week. He, he looked really comfortable going through the line last week. Yeah, he's a funny old horse. Um, he's got a lot of ability, actually, for his grade. He's um, had a few issues in his stomach and whatnot. And, um, at Canberra a few weeks ago, he led forty favour and dropped out, but he, he just can't handle being on the bit too strong and he choked off. Uh, I trialled him two days later at Canberra and let him roll and he run real quick time and done it easy. And then that's what we sort of aimed to do with him for now. And the other night, like, same thing, you just let him roll. He done his own thing, but he was sort of stargazing all the way down the straight. If something come at him, I'm sure he would have found something else. All right. So how many did you bring up for this trip? Uh, I've got five at the minute. Um, that's, that's enough. The team's been pretty ordinary last year, so I was glad to see the 1st of January come around for a fresh start. And, uh, yeah, we're just couple of old battlers just as long as they pay for the holidays and the kids have a good time. That's sort of what we're here about. All right, awesome. It's always great to have you up here. We'll see you trackside uh, across the weekend. No, good, Chris. Good. Thanks for the call, mate. Good to talk to you. There's Dean Sanofsky's Group 1 winning driver and uh, he's here with that small team. So Murphy's reward, gate one there on Saturday night, not without a chance. And uh, by the sound of it, they're planning to be a little bit more aggressive. There'll be no probably handing over there on, on the weekend. Let's go to the West now. Matty Young joins us. Matt, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. 
Uh, I've got to ask, first and foremost, Minstrel, he's been awesome at his past couple. The Nullarbor is still a couple of months away. Um, it is, if it was probably next next month, uh, he's a serious player, but can he hold that form for the next couple of months? Uh, I think he can, but the, the big thing with Minstrel is he's, he's such an on-pace horse, which... In a race like the Nullarbor, you probably need a little bit of versatility because if you uh, draw, if the draw goes against you, then things become very difficult. So, uh, yeah, that's just how I see it. I think um, we'll see uh, a lot of the team bond horses come back very soon from their breaks. They haven't really had a lot racing, so I would imagine that. We'd be seeing in the next month a few of the horses start to make their way back, which are lining up this race and... Uh, they'll have the uh, they'll have the pick of the crop, but at the moment, Minstrel has been the the dominant force. But um, yeah, he's just yeah, I just think he lacks a little bit of versatility, which uh, definitely hurts him in the big races. All right. Speaking of the Nullarbor, do you think the build-up this year is going to be a lot uh, greater, higher compared to what we went through last year? There's a lot of quality horses over there in the west, and I'm sure there's going to be a few people keeping an eye on, on the eastern seaboard as well, but. I've just got the feeling that the, the build-up for the Nullarbor this year is going to be pretty big. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be pretty big. It was uh, pretty special last year, the build-up. It was a lot of uh, unknowns and uh, a lot of anticipation and excitement surrounding it. So, um, yeah, I would imagine now that they've had a taste of it, we'll get uh, just... Um, yeah, it's just going to be really fascinating to see who goes where and and uh, the final slots and then into the uh, barrier draw and the race itself. We saw last year the Eastern States drivers came over here and pretty much pants WA drivers, so uh, no doubt they'll be uh, not wanting to allow them to do that again. All right, you know I'm going to ask this question, but if you had a choice right now for the Nullarbor, which way would you be leaning? Uh, magnificent Storm, I just think he's... He's just gone to another level. Um, we, he was favourite in the Nullarbor last year. And and since his Queensland trip, he's come back. And I think he's only been beaten once, and that was through bad luck. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Magnificent Storm is having a break, a little freshen up, and coming back, I think uh, he's the way to go. And he's, he's showing that versatility that's required, in my opinion. Okay, well, we look forward to the build-up for the Nullarbor. It's going to be here before you know it. We've got a good card of racing coming through tomorrow night. Only eight races, but it's a good night of racing. Members Sprint is one of the features, race five. Where do we find your best bet? Uh, race four, number six, three rumours. I think there's enough necessary speed underneath of her to uh, suggest that she can get into the race at whatever stage she wishes to be. And uh, I think uh, her her first up run for Nathan Servia was really good. Her previous runs had been superb, and I just I think uh, she's probably just got that staying quality that's going to get her across the line. So race four, number six, three rumours. All right, Gary Hall Jr. has the drive there. He was the uh, the premier driver again over there in the West. I tell you what, his partner Madison Brown, she was the Group One queen there last year. How many Group Ones did she pick up last season? She won three, one for uh, her dad, uh, the uh, Westbred Phillies for the two-year-olds with exceptional armour, and then she won the Derby and the Nugget, which uh, are two amazing races to win. And, and ultimately, I mean, Diego won the Pacing Cup at the start of the year, and she would have had the drive if she had not mm. been um, concussion protocoled for the previous week. So 
it was a massive year and it just goes to show like uh, we had a feature interview with her and spoke about um, the, the the feelings of um, despair uh, seeing Diego win the pacing cup and realising that may have been her opportunity of course her father Colin had never he's never won a pacing cup he's gone close on many occasions a lot of seconds but has never won one and, and she knows how hard it is to win so she thought uh, her chance at one of the big ones was uh, sort of slipping away and then bang, bang, bang. Uh, what an amazing year. And, yeah, she's definitely the talking point of 2023. Yeah, no doubt about it. Huge year. Hey, Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll take the tip with race four, number six. We'll talk again next week. Cheers, mate. There's Matty Young joining us from the West. So looking forward to that meeting coming through from Gloucester Park tomorrow night. Only eight races there. Seems to be a little bit light on as far as uh, numbers, not only in Perth, but right around the country. Don't forget uh, Shepparton. It's Cup Night coming through on Saturday night. It's going to be a big program there. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. The boys from the tab will join us. Jared Daffy, Andrew Spagnolo, and we'll have a few other guests coming up. So plenty more on mobile rolling tomorrow. But that wraps it up for this Thursday, the first of eight races at Redcliffe getting underway at 12.28.